Good afternoon. Welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the bike hour here with Patrick Stevenson from 30 Days of Biking. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Great to have you here. We're excited to talk all about 30 Days of Biking as we go through the hour. Uh, of course, as we do every week, we have to give a little rundown on what's been happening in the world of track cycling. Uh, the Six Days of Manchester is going on right now, and there's a lot of British talent on the track over there in Manchester, and a lot of fun racing has been happening uh, this week. Uh, of course, everybody knows the NSC Velodrome season starts May 23rd, uh, and so you can find out all the details, schedule information, and so on at nscsports.org slash velo. And then uh, the Minnesota Cycling Center, which is hoping to be the new iteration of track cycling here in Minnesota, has got a uh, great track record of uh, activity going. Record. See what I did there? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff going on this week. We actually had a hearing in front of the uh, Minnesota House government, the state government finance committee uh, in support of our legislation to try and get funding for the construction of the new velodrome facility. So um, we've got on our website a place where people can sign our petition and encourage their legislators to support that. And so that information is all available at mncyclingcenter.org. But here we're going to talk a little bit about riding outside on the road. Patrick Stevenson from 30 Days of Biking is here with us. And uh, Patrick, I'd love to just kind of have you give us a rundown on the organization. Tell us a little bit about what it's, what it's all about sure. and kind of the mission. Oh, gosh. There's quite a bit to it. Um, I'll keep it simple to start with. So 30 Days of Biking, which is coming up on April 1st and goes from April 1st to April 30th because it's 30 days. Um, I see a, what you did there. Yeah. Nice and simple, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm a big brander. Um, <laughs> it's a pledge to ride your bike every day in April and share your adventures online with the hashtag 30 days of biking. Uh, it started with a tweet back in 2010 that I posted. Um, <laughs> somebody on Twitter back then had posted 30 days of yoga. Like they were putting the word out about 30 days of yoga. And I was like, I'm not into yoga, but I'm really into biking. I was like really, really into biking at that point. I was um, first turning into a bike commuter. Cool. And I just tossed it out there and 300 people jumped on and said they wanted to bike every day in April that first year, which wow. was 2010. And that's kind of where it started. And my friend Zach jumped on it too. And we started promoting it together and we had our first kickoff ride and 60 people showed up. No kidding. And we were like, what the heck is this? Wow. <laughs> just through Twitter. What did we just do? Yeah. Just through social media. Like you put the word out there with a simple concept and all of a sudden these people show up like, what? Wow. Social media is magic. That yeah. is crazy. So that's how it started. Really interesting. Yeah. And what, what are your goals for the, for the initiative? I mean, what, what, how do you want this thing to evolve and grow? Sure. So the goal is sort of to reach out to people who would not otherwise consider biking every day mm -hmm. as a practice to give it a shot um, with community support and social sharing is sort of like another component of that. So mm -hmm. we have, like I said, we have people sharing their adventures every day. So that can mean photos and videos and mm -hmm. poems and whatever else you can think. Instagrams, Pinterest posts. Yeah. Um, YouTubes, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep listing out there. Just All do whatever you want. Yes. Yeah. So there's a sharing component to it too, where you can like get out there, show your adventures, show everything you have going on. Like mm -hmm. kind of like, it makes it this fun, festive atmosphere where you're supported by a community, too. So yeah. if you need some encouragement someday, you're just like, man, I just really don't want to get out there and ride mm -hmm. today. I'm really tired. You put that up there and people will be like, you can do it. Just go for a block. Yeah. Um, that's actually an, a component I should mention, too, is that there's no minimum distance. So you could bike a block. You could bike across the earth. You could bike 100 miles. You could bike around a track. 
You can ride your exercise bike inside. It all counts for 30 days. So even indoor cycling is, is good for, for this. Definitely. That's great. Yeah. Uh, What kind of organized activities do you have for people to participate in through, through the month? So coming up on March 31st, we have our kickoff party Mm -hmm. at Red Stick Supper Club from 12 to 4. And that right now has seven pre-rides organized for it. Wow. Um, You can find that event on Facebook by going to just searching for a 30 days of biking kickoff party or going to our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. We have a social ride every Thursday night in April that meets at 6 p.m. at Surly Brewing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be pastry rides every Saturday morning, family friendly, courtesy of Perennial Cycle. Wow. There's cycling happy hours every Friday night with Farmstead Bike Shop. Uh, We got two concerts, like concert-ish things planned on the bike shops too. And then we have a camp out planned the first weekend in May to sort of celebrate everything we've done. And it's a lot of events. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like you've got an incentive built into just about every one of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with the social ride on Thursday, you get a free beer. Right. With the social ride on Saturday, you get a free pastry. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. How do you not go on those rides? I know. Free beer, free donuts. Exactly. That's the bomb, right? Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so I'm really curious to know kind of how you're organized. What's the group of people that helps pull this all together? It's a very small team. So it's always been kind of small and it's grown from two people the way it first started to now we have a team of four and it's been as big as 15 people. And wow, we have some good consistency. Like we've had the same web developer for years and years, same designer for years. Um, Mario Macaruso, event director. Mm-hmm. He's like the guy who's worked on it. He was actually there with me at the very beginning because I was like, dude, I cannot... Like, this is a lot of work. Yeah. I'm kind of scared by how much it takes and how much it demands of me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's the one part that scares you? And I said, putting on rides. So he jumped in to do that. And there's there's people on the team who they just kind of like believe in it mm-hmm. and they want to be part of it and contribute whatever that means. So that's meant social media, helping out mm-hmm. with social posts. It's meant helping out with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Our designer, Jesse Lindhorst, is incredible. Web developer is amazing. Charlie Heald. Hope I pronounced your name. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> is uh, is most of the infrastructure of the operation uh, social and web based? Yeah, it is. Basically, we get out there and just talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's all about. We're just creating a vibe mm-hmm. and talking to people a lot and getting them excited. So there's the local component, which is our events. Yep. And then we just communicate. Like my job as the organizer is just to get on there and get people excited about biking. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk to people all over the world, there's chapters in Spain and Ukraine. Um, variety of South American countries and it's all over the place. Now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and so have you sort of franchised those things or have you just sort of said, here's what we learned and go forth and have fun? It's very loose. Yeah. We're just kind of like, please spread the word. Like people in these separate chapters kind of get it. They yeah. get what we're all about, the yeah. positive vibes, making the the joyful spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they latch onto it and they organize in their own way. I don't monitor the post to make sure everyone's on brand or something. <laughs> um, everyone just kind of gets it. And we, we haven't really had any trouble spots where somebody's been like sweary on their page or something yeah. like, like gone against sort of what we're all about. Right. People just really believe in it. It's a very simple idea that's mm-hmm. easily transportable to other countries. Yeah. So do I franchise it? No, it's kind of loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all communicate with each other and kind of work together and. I've, I've settled disputes in Ukraine Wow. or in, in Belarus. Wow. Like between two competing groups who wow. wanted to like both promote it. Wow. But <laughs> it was very interesting. Man, like so, to do so that you, by email. you got a, you got a group hug going across the, yeah. across the ocean. Yeah. Very impressive. How did you manage that? A lot of emails. I bet. I <laughs> bet. Keeping a positive tone. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it positive. What, what kinds of people, uh, participate? I mean, what, what are the participants like? Um, 
it's a it's a big range of people. It's it's people from every experience level. Mm-hmm. So we have people who are really experienced at mm-hmm. biking, and like I said, we have people who are trying it out for the first time and just need that extra level of support. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a big celebration of biking for people of all experience levels. Mm-hmm. And specifically, we want to reach that person who is really considering biking every day for mm-hmm. the first time. Um, that's our main audience, though, our target. How do you find the uh, conversations on social media around people's rides? I mean, I can imagine that if you get a bunch of Strava warriors on there, it can be mm-hmm. kind of ride shamey. Yeah. You know, what? what's the conversation like out there? It's very supportive. People just get, like, when they put messages out there or share their rides, there's not really any shame attached to it. It's I think it's because we set a positive tone to begin with that we're not about shaming mm-hmm. each other. I noticed that you asked about missing a day. Yep. Um, with our lead up questions. <laughs> um, like what's the deal with that? And I think um we we understand it's not really about shame. So yeah, it's right. a pledge we want to bike together every yep. day in April. But if you miss a day, that's okay. Yep. Just get out there and keep going. We're not gonna make you feel bad about it. We understand we're not trying to make each other feel bad about this. Yeah. And we really want to be explicit about that too. I try to be in our copy. Like the the point is encouragement. We're encouraging each other and supporting each other. That's what the community is about. That's uh, that's good because that that question was uh, in full transparency a question I wanted to know. Yeah. If I if I don't if I don't make a day, am I going to get yelled at? No, <laughs> no one will yell at you. I don't even know who would yell at you. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the dialogue that's going on around this is internal too, because mm-hmm. I think when someone makes a pledge like this, they really want to uphold it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pledge. You Absolutely. Put your hand on your heart, right. like you're devoting yourself to it. Yeah. And I, I really think that we have enough reasons in our lives though, to make ourselves feel bad about stuff. Like we human beings that sell it, making ourselves feel bad. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And I don't want this to be another reason. I want you to say, no, Mm -hmm. they told me I'm not supposed to feel bad. Right. Don't feel bad. Right. Just keep going. That's, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. It's an ever flowing thing and you can jump on wherever you want and you can step out and then just hop back in. There's no reason to feel bad about this. I missed a day last year. <laughs> and to be honest, we just had our baby last year. So there were a lot of days where my day of biking was yep. doing bicycle kicks in the air because I had no time. <laughs> <laughs> we're human beings. There you, know? you go, right? Yeah. Life gets in the way of uh, fun stuff. Right. And if you're sick, like sometimes you can just bike down the hall. That's all you got in you. That's uh, yeah. about what I need today. Right. So in case you just joined us, you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota, here in studio with Patrick Stevenson from 30 Days of Biking. We're kind of getting a sense of what the organization's all about. We're actually being Facebook Live broadcast for the very first what? time. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> very exciting. We're expanding our social media footprint here on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to find out a little bit more about uh, what you feel like people can and should and do take away from participating in this activity. I would hope that people take away the joy of biking every day and the idea too that, so if you do something every day for 30 days, that builds a habit and then you become, that becomes your life. It it gets to a point where it gets to be easy to get on your bike every day. You Mm -hmm. don't even think about it. So that's, that's kind of the goal that I would want people to take away that by the end of the month, they're just like, they don't even think about it. They just get right on their bike. There's no little barriers. Mm -hmm. There's no mental blocks. You just hop right on and go for a ride, even if it's just around the block. Have you heard from people about changes that they've made in their life after the 30 days? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's been people who bike every day in April and never stop. Wow. Like it 
turns into 7,200 days. Well, that's, that's, quite yeah. of, that's quite a lot of days. That's almost uh, the whole life of the organization, <laughs> yeah, right? I, know. <laughs> I don't think it'd be like, well, I think it's half that. Um, <laughs> that'd be a lot of days. They like, they started before we even started. That's how good it is. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah. They just never stopped biking. Yeah. And there's been people who they see it as sort of an entry point to the bike lifestyle. And mm-hmm. then they start racing bikes. They become a triathlete. They become a commuter. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like it's a sort of a entry point. And then you find your way into the rest of the bike community and can find another yeah. place for yourself. That's the thing that strikes me, especially around commuting. You know, it seems like once you get into that mindset of, Oh, I'm going to ride my bike today. You know, maybe I just, I'm going to ride to the store. Or maybe I'm going to ride to, you know, see a friend or go to the bar or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And now it's, you know, starts to become, your, your way of getting places. Right. Yeah. That seems like it would be a very easy transition to make. Yeah. It's uh, a beautiful that. practice. It's an amazing thing that makes you feel great. Like yeah, to get on a bike every day, to get out there and like the, just the endorphins that mm-hmm. you feel and to be outside connecting with your community and yeah. to meet people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet. Yeah. And not, we're not anti-car, right. but to not be in your car and to like truly feel the world that's around you is amazing. Like if we can get you out there doing that every day. Wow. That's powerful. It's amazing how much different you perceive the world mm-hmm. when you're on your bike, you know, riding down the exact same street that you might drive two hours later or one hour later, you mm-hmm. know, it's a completely different experience. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I drove here, I had to get here fast <laughs> and everything that was in my way, I was like, ah, <laughs> can you get out of my way? I have to get to the radio station yeah. versus on the bike. I would be like, man, I love this. Like <laughs> it's very peaceful. Yeah. There's nothing in your way. You're going at your own speed. You're right. not. Yeah. There's no barriers. You yeah. Like, I think this time of year though, the one thing that we share with people who drive is uh, frustration with potholes. Right? Yeah. Potholes yeah. are bad. Potholes are bad. <laughs> and that's it's sort of a, a question that I had for you is, you know, why April? April is a dicey month for, for riding, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why April? So that whole story that I told you about 30 days of yoga and 30 yep. days of bike and how we all started, it just so happened that the very next month was April. Oh, and April so is 30 random. days. Yeah. Like it was a really beautiful March and April. Right. And it just made sense to start in April. Yep. But there have been some Aprils where we get like, you never know what you're going to get. It can be really unpredictable. Yeah. There Mm -hmm. can be blizzards. Right. By the end of last year, I was like, seriously, it's snowing again. (laughs) Like, I love snow, but it was killing me. Yeah. I was depressed about it. Half your rides are inside. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Bicycle kicks in the air. There you go. (laughs) Um, But that's sort of the idea, too. Like, uh, ever since then, we've had a lot of pressure to change it to another month. People are like, why April? And it's because I say it's the confluence of all these different seasons. You can mm-hmm. get sort of the dregs of winter, like the very last steps of winter, winter's last stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get spring. You know, there's that urgency of spring. Everyone's coming in out of this like pocket of winter yeah. doldrums. That's a big one for me. By mm-hmm. now, I'm just like screaming to get on my bike. I mean, I, I yeah. have a fat bike, but, you know, by now I want to get on skinny tires and ride on the road. And right. Yeah. It's like you're riding on the wind. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's just that amazing urgency when it's like sunny outside for the mm-hmm. first time and you realize that you can wear a t-shirt or shorts right, or a dress. Yeah. I don't personally have that experience with that. <laughs> yeah. Like just like you don't have to be bundled up in certain layers right. and you can just be free. Like it, it feels amazing. That's yeah. an amazing feeling. And we want to channel that energy and put it toward biking too. Mm-hmm. And then there's summer too. Like it's kind of like the midpoint between winter and summer. Yep. And there's just, it's amazing. Like it's a, it's a great feeling this, this month. And it seems yeah. like it's, it's a, a better sense of accomplishment. If you can go through some of those tough days mm-hmm. and 
feel good that you actually got on the bike, regardless of how, how far. Yeah. That's a real sense of accomplishment. Yeah. If you can bike every day in April, you can bike every day of the year mm-hmm. for sure. Because there's month, there's days during April that are tougher than one of the toughest days of winter because Absolutely. you might get ice or snow. Right. And if you can do that, then you can do January. Easily. No problem. Easily. Yeah. Yep. You change change your whole perception of how the bike yeah. operates. Just like the extend the bike season and change the perception of mm-hmm. when we should be biking. Yeah. I remember that I, I got a, it was a long time ago and I had just gotten a new bike and it was in April and I was like, all right, coming in May, I'm going to be able to bike. And I wish I had thought like, I should just get out there right now. Yep. Who cares? Well, when you're a kid, right? I mean, you get that first bike and it doesn't matter when you get that. You want to get out on that bike right now. Right. I want to use my new toy now. That's right. Yeah. Not later. That's right. Now. And you can. You should. (laughs) This is the ninth year of of the program. That's an amazing achievement. Thanks. How, uh, what kinds of things have you learned along the way? I have learned a lot about managing my own capacities Mm -hmm. Um, because I talked about Mario when Mario and I first paired up the, my partner on this, Mm -hmm. um, he just wanted to step in and, you know, do something like take some load off my plate. So Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I had to do everything and I was responsible for everything, whether it was ride organizing or setting up the website. And I have learned that I have limitations. Mm -hmm. I have limitations on how many events I can organize and Mm -hmm. how much I can attend, especially now that I have a a new family, a new Mm -hmm. baby. Um, There's just limits to what I can do. And I've kind of learned to, work smarter, not harder. So mm-hmm. I would just throw myself into it and just get exhausted along the way and um, just destroy myself. So by the end of April, I was like, ah, I'm a mess. Yeah. And then I would start to dread it every mm-hmm. year. And now I think I have a much more positive mindset about it because I'm like, I have to do it in a way that works for my life. Yep. And that lets me have fun with it. Otherwise I can't do it. So yeah, capacity issues, um, personal limits. I've learned mm-hmm. a lot about that. Um, just in terms of event organizing, like how to do a ride, my event organizing is keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just the, if we have a bike ride and we have a meeting point and a destination, that's really all it takes. Like just keep it simple. If we have a party, if you have a dance floor and some drinks and a reason to come to the party, like a raffle, like we have at this party, yep. that's a great party. It's, it's an excuse to get people together and whether it's a ride or a party, mm-hmm. we just do it and keep it simple. So Stick to my capacity, I yep. think, is a lesson I've learned, and yep. also keep it simple. And yeah. as you reflect back to that first tweet that you sent, did you have any kind of inkling that you would get to where you are today? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no that would have been insane. <laughs> yeah. At what point did it feel like there's a real thing here? Right away. Really? Yeah, right away when we had that first kickoff ride where 60 people showed up. Mm-hmm. And it was as though we had harnessed this magic energy that everyone was waiting for. It was, it was amazing. I can yeah. only imagine what that must've felt like when, I mean, you're expecting, you know, a handful of people to show up and yeah. here's 60, 60 people, people yeah. show up. And at first I was like, what do you guys expect of me? Like, who do you think I am yeah. that, that I planned this? Do you think I'm some mega biker or like super social guy? I'm a little introverted. So it was tough at first to be like, what do you, what do you want from me yeah. at these events? And I, I had a good positive change about that. I'm just, I am myself. I show yeah. up as myself and I listen to people and talk to people and that's what works. <laughs> How many of those 60 people did you know personally? Like five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's amazing. Your, your footprint, I mean, your, your reach, I mean, that's, that shows the power of social media, right? It does. Yeah. Even in just that microcosm. Yeah. And, and also positivity and a simple idea. So like if you just make it simple and compelling and 
give it this welcoming energy that makes people feel like they can be themselves, then yeah. they're drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you do a ton of communication, uh, mm -hmm. through your, your social channels. What, how do you develop your communication strategy from year to year? I mean, what are the things that you put in formally into the communication of the program? Oh gosh, I'd like to tell you it's that <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to say, I just have good instincts. Yeah. Um, but it changes from year to year. I think this year I was all about bringing it back to the basics. I just want to communicate to people the inspiring, like to inspire them to ride. Mm -hmm. So what are the benefits of biking? It mm -hmm. makes you feel good. It makes you healthy. It makes you joyful. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting that across. And then I want inspiring stories in there too. Mm -hmm. So it's about people who, not only people who have participated in our event and have changed their lives because of it, but also people who have taken a hold of biking and just like transform themselves or transform their understanding of the world and who they are. Um, that's really powerful too. So I think this year, my basic philosophy is stories and just like the good feelings of biking. That's what yeah. I want to get across. And then we translate that into, if you like that, make the pledge, right. Join us every day in April. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seems to me that you've got sort of built in ambassadors. Once people make the pledge, mm -hmm. they're going to start telling people about it, um, you know, to keep themselves engaged, but also to kind of spread the, spread the word too. Yeah. Spread do the magic. You, do you provide people with tools or things that they can think about? Yeah. So for quite a few years, we put together this thing we called the captain's kit, mm -hmm. which had little instructions on how to put together a ride and mm -hmm. how to promote 30 days of biking in say your office or mm -hmm. your school, or we had flyers and things like that. Mm -hmm. This year I've gotten a little bit more robust with it. Um, mm -hmm. We have a resources directory on our Google drive that anyone can have access to Cool. that has logos and social shareables and flyers and our video and a boilerplate description of what we're all about. So we can just kind of put it out there and get people the tools if they want to promote it. Here's what you need Yeah. Um, to put it on your feed and also promote it to people you love in your life and your mm -hmm. community. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So it's just about giving them the tools and the resources they would need, whether mm -hmm. that's language or visuals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of visuals, the spoke card has been kind of the flag yeah. for the, for the program. How did that come to be? That was the very first year of 30 days of biking Zachariah shop. Um, who I worked with that first time, and he designed the very first spoke card. It was a green spoke card mm -hmm. that was very springy. And I did not even like know what a spoke card was. <laughs> I was like this new to being a commuter, but you know, a spoke card's kind of a messenger thing. And it was totally. a little, it was a little, obviously it's a little card that fits in your spokes mm -hmm. and you can stick it in there. And it's, it's sort of like if you're in a race, how you might have a number plate or something. Yep. That's a signifier that you're participating in 30 days of biking. Mm -hmm. um, so we make a new spoke card every single year mm -hmm. and we have a whole bunch of them by this point. Yeah. And our, we have a, we've kind of developed this thing too, where we come up with a theme. So last year was joyful riders unite mm -hmm. before that it was all in before that it was can't stop, won't stop. And this year it's pure joy. That's sort of the message of the, the year, pure joy. That's great. Yeah. Because I, I really, when I talked to, the team about it this year and we kind of decided collectively we want to bring it back to the basics like mm -hmm. bring it back to what it was originally about mm -hmm. which is purity and pure joy yep and biking is pure joy so yeah that's kind of where that came from that's great mm -hmm. and uh for the first time this year you have bus advertising yeah <laughs> tell oh, us that, about that uh i worked with metro transit i formed a partnership with them wow to come up with some bus advertising uh it's something i've dreamed of so for years and years and years and i had no idea how to make it happen and just through connections I've made, I figured out this year, 
So I talked with Metro Transit, and then we got together a sponsorship, and wow. they're putting us on the back of their buses to get, like together. Like we designed a bus ad. That's fantastic. That's six feet wide. Wow. I know, and I'm hoping that people will be stuck in traffic and they'll see it and be like, ah, I, got, <laughs> I have to get in that bike movement. That's great. <laughs> yeah, the message on that is join a community of joyful cyclists. Yeah. Yeah, joy again. And when, when will people start seeing those on the buses? They should be seeing them now. Oh, really? Yeah, the last week of March, and then they'll run for the month. That's yeah. amazing. I haven't seen one yet. I've been like, I've been keeping my eyes out. Yep. Yeah, we kind of put it together at the last minute. So um, it will just be this last week. But that this is like the big time when people are like, okay, yeah, I'm going to make the decision to make the pledge. And that's mm -hmm. when they get signed up. Absolutely. So this is the decision point. So I thought this wow. is a crucial period. Where Absolutely. We up. That's yeah. a fantastic idea. Yeah. Especially when you get people stuck in traffic. You mm -hmm. think about, oh, man, that's a great idea. Maybe yeah. I need to get out of my car. Bikes are awesome. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't think about you as, as competition? No, I don't. I think I think they see us as, uh, and we see that I see public transit this way, too, as partners. Like, mm -hmm. I, I used to commute to downtown St. Paul from downtown Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and I loved the Green Line. I, there would be days when, honestly, I'd be like, I have to bike up that huge hill out of downtown St. Paul. <laughs> I'm just going to hop on the train and like take it up to the yep. the hill and then bike home from there. Um, or I would just be really tired and I would ride, go home like halfway and bike mm -hmm. from halfway point. Um, the train is a good subset to, or a good partner to biking. Yeah. Um, you can just hop on wherever you want. Like it's great to put your bike on the front of a bus and just use that. It's yeah. It's a kinship. We're kindred spirits. There you go. Multimodal too, right? Yeah. 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 And we also have a special spoke card that we made, especially for that partnership too, that says bike plus or bikes plus buses plus trains equals heart. That's great. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> That's on our website, 30 days of biking. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people get the spoke cards? So you can come to our party mm -hmm. on March 31st. Okay. We'll have them for sale. You can also reserve one in advance because okay. we usually sell out. Yep. So if you go onto our Facebook event, you'll see how you can reserve. Okay. Um, or you can just go onto our website and download the PDF and print one yourself. Oh, print it yourself. Or, yeah, nice. or send yeah. it to a local print shop. Sure. Mm -hmm. Very cool. In case you're just joining us, you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM. WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota, here with Patrick Stevenson from 30 Days of Biking. Uh, stand by for this important message. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. All right, here in studio with Patrick Stevenson from 30 Days of Biking. We are Facebook living for the first time in Blast Beat Bicycles history. We are, of course, streaming live at WMCN.FM, and you can tune in on the good old analog radio if you're stuck in your car. 
Then about five miles of uh, Grand and Snelling in St. Paul, you can get us at 91.7 FM on your radio dial. I can actually get it all the way at my house in South Minneapolis most days. Nice. It's pretty cool, yeah. You know, uh, you've talked a lot about what you've learned f- from the, through the progr- program and all the things that have happened over the years. What are some of the most memorable moments in the nine years of 30 Days of Biking? So I've been reminiscing about this one a lot lately, but in 2017, we had a kickoff ride that 600 people showed up to. Wow. It was a beautiful day in Minneapolis, and we all met at the Commons Park in the middle of downtown, like mm-hmm. that new park that's right yep. by the U.S. Bank Stadium. Newish, I guess now. Now it's like two, two, years? two years old. Yeah. Dang. Time goes by fast. It does. Um, but we met there, and people just kept showing up. Like, we typically, we would have a 250-person ride, and that day we got 600 people. It was nuts. That is That becomes a logistical challenge. Yeah, it, it was a logistical challenge because we want to keep everyone safe. So it was right. a little scary, to be mm-hmm. honest. But also, it was, like, really powerful. Like, whoa, <laughs> we've reached all these people, and they want to be part of what we're building. You wow. know, It was amazing. I can only imagine what kind of variety of bikes there were at that, at that meetup. Yeah, it's it's cool. It is it is a variety of um, different bikes. There's people who ride road bikes. There's people who ride cruisers. Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge variety, and everyone feels welcome at it. There's people in spandex. There's people in everyday clothes. It's kind of a wide range of riders. That's fantastic. Did that huge crowd change the way you approach the kickoff events? Yeah, it did. Um, I posted about this today. So because we're such a small organization, we. Um, we have very limited capacity, so that was a that was amazing and magical that we had a kickoff ride that that was that large. Yeah, but again, the family component—we had a baby last year, so I just had a limit to what I could contribute anymore, and that was a lot to plan. It was a lot to worry about, and so from there on, we decided let's make a party that we make the destination. The point is the gathering, right? Like we want to get people together to enjoy bikes together, so we'll make the party. And then we've counted on or we've asked our community partners to sort of create their own ride. So people are coming from all over the Twin Cities now. Um, There's a St. Paul Bicycle Coalition ride. There's a ride organized by the Northern Lights Group, which is a women trans femme or femme trans women riders group. Yeah. Um, There's uh, Farmstead Bike Shop has a ride. Eric's Bike Shop has three rides. There's a ride from Northeast. Um, It's just from all over the city. So it kind of gives it this like inclusive feel where it's not about us putting on one big mega ride mm-hmm. we're giving the destination and we ask people to just all come together so it's cool yeah like it, it's it's way more inclusive i think and way more community focused that we're having this collaboration with everyone how did those partnerships evolve how did those start out and how did they how have they become what they are today just through sheer doing it over and over and over again i mean like farmstead bike shop is our support sponsor on our ride so they ride along with us and if somebody gets a flat tire they're there to fix it Mm-hmm. Um, so they just really believe in what we're doing. They also had their, we had a pledge party earlier in March, um, where they had like a disco ball that was all lit up and it was a dance party. And it's, again, it's about people just believing in what we're all about and wanting to get more people on bikes and they put in their efforts too. everyone kind of has their own piece of it. Um, it's pretty cool. Another memorable moment that I thought of, I met my wife because of 30 days of biking. No kidding. Yeah. So during uh, the original round of 30 days of biking, we did a, a ride called the rainy rounds ride where we did 50 miles in the rain of wow. the grand rounds. Wow. And she came along and she and I talked the whole ride. Um, it was really cool. Um, and then we just ended up dating afterward and now we have a baby together. So I can That's literally say amazing. because I posted that one tweet and March 2010, I am now married and have a baby. Wow. So it's weird how life works. Like was that. that the whole strategy? Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Nice. Yeah, it paid off real fast. <laughs> 
That's an incredible story. Yeah. That's really an amazing story. I mean, you obviously had an immediate connection because of a shared passion. Yeah. Right. And the fact that you were willing to put up with 50 miles on a rainy ride. Yeah. That's, uh, it shows you've got a real commitment. I don't know if I could do that now. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was in like pretty prime biking shape. Then I, that was the like impulse decision with, with Zach. Um, but we just did it, but yeah, it was great. Like that's, it, it, that, that's something we can focus on too. Like when you go on these social rides, you have a connection with someone in a way that you might not have if you're making friends for the first time or going on a date. Like it's yeah. a great, it's a great way to meet someone as an introvert too, because if you're on a ride and you're riding side by side, you have a shared experience you can talk about. Right. Um, or you can be totally silent. There's, it's a great way to just like connect with other people on the bike. It's, it's curious to me to think about, you know, you, you talked a little bit about all the effort that goes into it now and all of that. As you think back to where you are as a cyclist, then Mm -hmm. compared to where you are now, did, did the program change the way you think about the bike for yourself? It did. Yeah. It's something that, so my life has definitely transformed over the past two years. Like I don't Mm -hmm. bike nearly as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I had that bike and that job in downtown St. Paul that Mm -hmm. I would bike to every day. And I just loved that practice. And then I left that job and then I'm now very much in the neighborhood. And then we had a baby and Mm -hmm. then it just kind of like my life switched. Mm -hmm. And now I have barely biked this winter for the first time in 10 years. I have like barely biked during the winter and it makes me sad. Like I miss it, but I, but I now I'm looking forward to 30 days of biking is like, all right, I'm the organizer of this. I can use this as an opportunity to get myself back into biking. Good for you. And get, get that going again, because I really, I really miss being on my bike every day. Yeah. Yeah. You've recently added a new component with the connection with the World Bicycle Relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about what that means and how you're approaching that. So we added a charitable, charitable, charitable component a couple <laughs> years ago when we first worked with Free Bikes for Kids. Um, and that was the first time we ever thought about, like, what else can you build out of this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we've done all along is just keep building on what works. So um, that's where it first became like a charitable thing. Like you're doing something that's great for yourself. You're getting out there and biking every day. And then how can we use that to also do something great for the world at large, too? So we decided that with Free Bikes for Kids, for every 30 pledges, we were going to donate a bike to a kid through Free Bikes for Kids. And then we did that for a couple of years and then we kind of latched onto World Bicycle Relief as our, as our new nonprofit that we want to benefit. And they're just this amazing organization that brings bikes and jobs to communities in rural Africa. And um, this year we're specifically benefiting a school in Zambia. Hmm. And we want to, ra- through raising $30,000, we're going to bring a bike to every single student in that school. Wow. As well as train a mechanic. And like for someone who's in rural Africa, like, the, the actual terrain of the, the land you're living on can be a challenge. Like mm-hmm. if you have to walk that, that can take a really long time. Right. But if you have a sweet, durable bike, it like chops your travel time to school. Yeah. Which gives you more time in your day, more time to study, mm-hmm. more time to be with your friends. Right. More time to like, to like uh, pursue a passion. Yeah. And advance your education. So it's just like a really meaningful thing. And then what they do too around it is create jobs. So like they'll have that mechanic who has to take care of the bike. And mm-hmm. They they also benefit like business people and healthcare workers. Just like transportation is a really profound thing. And if we can get people from spot to spot in a quicker way and give them reliable transportation, it's amazing. So yeah, I want to do something good for ourselves. I want to do something good for the world and really pass on the joy of biking to this school in Zambia where students could really benefit from bikes. And I think it's going to be really cool if we get all of them bikes 
like that. That's amazing. <laughs> to bring a bike to every yeah. student there. Whoa. That's incredible. Yeah. How, how do you, as an organization that thrives on hashtags, mm-hmm. generate $30,000? <laughs> how do you turn hashtags into $30,000? <laughs> turn a hashtag. <laughs> like uh, we sell hash browns. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, sure. Um, we, so we have a fundraiser set up through, thir- through World Bicycle Relief. Mm-hmm. So when people make the pledge, then as an option of the pledge, they can say, I'm also going to fundraise for World Bicycle Relief. And they sign up for an account mm-hmm. on there. And then we have a shared fundraiser where everyone can just be like, uh, uh, speak to their own communities and say, you know, I'm biking every day in April. Please support me and make a donation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are never actually in contact or like touch. Like I don't yeah. touch that any of that money. It's all through the online platform that World Bicycle Relief sets up. Um, last year, we raised $18,000 through that online platform. And then also this year, Quality Bicycle Products is doing a matching donation of $1,000 um, for whatever people raise. And then Surly Brewing is doing a matching donation of $2,500. And then also the beer proceeds from our party next Sunday will also go toward that donation too via Red Stag Supper Club. So That's fantastic. We just kind of touch on whatever channel we can get to like mm-hmm. contribute toward this pile. People fundraise individually. We partner with organizations. Um, last year, I won an award through my company, my employer, um, for my volunteering. And they they gave a $1,000 donation to a nonprofit of my choice. And obviously, I was like, yeah. well, bicycle relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do it to them. So, yeah, we just kind of touch on whatever we can to get that money their way. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What are the – I mean, so obviously, you've got community partners. You've got sponsors who've helped with some of these things. How did you engage those sponsor and partner relationships? It's really something that's built over time. Um and a lot of it's through email and Twitter and just meeting people. Like mm-hmm. if you go to events and people are drawn in by positive energy, you just meet people and you make connections. And gosh, like I, Holly, Holly, my contact at Surly, I had followed her on Twitter for forever. Hmm. Um, and then just, we ended up working together. That's uh, great. And then the bike shops just, they latch onto it. And then you just keep talking to them year after year and mm-hmm. things just keep building and the partnerships form. Yeah. It's all, it's the power of human connection. Man. Yeah. That's how, that's really what it's all about is just, again, talking to people. I, um, through our Facebook page, we talk to people about biking and then I talk mm-hmm. to these, these people who are in the community and get them to support us. And it's awesome. Where do you see things going in the future? Uh, I, so we are a nonprofit. Um, I don't, I, I think I've been kind of anti-money for quite a while mm-hmm. in terms of how we do things. Um, just to keep it simple, like money makes things complicated. And I think I, I'm to a point now where lack of money is holding us back. Mm-hmm. We actually have like a zero budget. Mm-hmm. We do it all for free. Um, but it's a lot to count on volunteers for nothing. Like it demands a lot to have people contribute so much for yeah. volunteer effort, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of passion, but I want to make sure that people are rewarded for what they've done mm-hmm. and change my attitude about how we benefit ourselves mm-hmm. or benefit our organization. Yep. Because I think that could improve our capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of a big kickoff ride, I want to go back and have like a thousand person kickoff ride, but that will just mean that we have to build up more robust infrastructure for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And really, it requires money. Yep. It just very simply, it requires money if we're going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think it's all about is just growing this organization. I just use growing as a transitive verb. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Like, if we're, if we're going to build that up, we got to get a little bit more legitimate. And I, I like that it's loose and I like that it's simple, but I think I just need to, like, break that break that trend mm-hmm. um, and figure out a way to, like, really make us bigger mm-hmm. and handle and increase our capacity and whether it means that 
we have one full timer or we partner with someone who is bigger and can help mm -hmm. us bring these things to life. I, I think that's what it's all about. And overall, I just want to keep reaching new people mm -hmm. and getting people to believe in the power of bikes. I, every year I have this, this worry that we're going to get into it. I'm going to put the word out there and people are going to be like, nah, I don't care about that anymore. Um, I've done 30 days of biking. Like mm -hmm. I, I've, I'm over it. And like people still care every year. And so to counter that mindset, that insecurity I've had, I just say, if we reach one person and get them to fall in love with bikes, then this is worth it. And if we can do that for a hundred people, then it's super worth it. And so I just want to keep reaching out to people and getting them to fall in love with bikes. That's the continual goal. Just make it a daily practice and realize how profound and transformative it is. Do you have a sense for how many new uh, participants you have every year? I don't. <laughs> I, should have, I should have a check, like a checkbox on there that, you know, actually I did a, I did a little informal survey and mm -hmm. I think um, I would say at least a third of the people who get on every year are new. That's fantastic. Maybe more. Yeah. So we've had a certain number who have been there ever since the beginning, nine years. Do you know how many people that is? Uh, I could find. I'm, I'm curious to know how many people have yeah. nine, nine spoke cards or will have nine spoke cards. Right. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the max that it could be is 300, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. So that that select 300 who can say, I was there from yeah. the very beginning before yep. 30 days of biking sold out. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't sold out yet. Not yet. Uh, authentic. No, it's not going to happen. That's right. Um, yeah. That would be really cool to find out and like find out how many people overall have participated. Mm -hmm. I still have signups from every single year. Like I have a big list mm -hmm. and I kind of just want to put it all together and see like how many people all together, like reduce the duplicates and, yep. you know, figure out how many people we've reached overall. I would say it's probably in the tens of thousands. Like it's gotta be maybe nearing a hundred thousand. Do you get, uh, traffic and, and people pledging from outside of the twin cities or is your, uh, is your website specifically focused around like the Minnesota efforts? Oh no, we're, our website is international. So if you go there overnight, sometimes you'll see like, dang, like a lot of people from Minsk signed up. Wow. It'll just be filled with signups from Minsk. Or there was the um, Trenta Diaz and B BC, um, which is the Spanish-speaking organization mm -hmm. that promotes 30 Days of Biking. Um, they had a kickoff party in the hometown, their hometown in Spain, mm. and we could see like pledges flowing in from that party. It was really cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's, so it's international. Um, yeah, I would say actually, like we have more signups in places like that now than we do in Minneapolis. Interesting. Yeah, there was one year, I think it was last year, where they had more events in Barcelona than we did in Minneapolis. And I was like, dang, dude, I got to step up my game. Yeah. Like, we got to get, we got to match Barcelona. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. You've really had a global footprint. Where's where's the most surprising location for someone to sign up from? Ah, uh, honestly, it's pretty cool that we have such a following in Minsk. Yeah. In Ukraine. Yeah. Because um, I do not speak Russian. Um, but people have taken a hold of it there. It actually, that connection started in Minneapolis with someone named Sveta Vold, hmm. who was a big time rider here. Mm -hmm. She do, does rides like the Arrowhead 135. Right. She was a bike organizer back in Belarus. Um, you might've heard of her actually. Um, I know, I know of yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's amazing. And she kind of spread the word back in Belarus and they've taken a hold of it there. So there was wow. a moment where I saw a news broadcast from, from Minsk and it was the kickoff ride in Minsk and 300 people were there riding with our spoke That's card and it was great. gray and rainy and they were out there riding because of 30 days of biking with the spoke card that we had designed yeah. right here. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you have any other organizations, other communities that have signed on this year for the first time? Any communities that have signed on this year for the first time? 
Hmm. I think I have to think about that one and answer outside the show. <laughs> Fair I, enough. Yeah, I don't have the answer right at, right at my command. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be continual new communities that are that are mm. coming on all the time. I mean, right. just the fact that you've got people all over the world who are participating, you're going to get that continued expansion. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I, so I thought of, I think I'm seeing more um, countries from South America signing on this year, mm -hmm. which I, I think is through the influence of Trenta DSNBC like they're, they were primarily like um, European focused, like very much about Spain. Yep. Um, but their reach has extended to South America for mm -hmm. sure, like Spanish speaking countries in South America. And then one chapter I saw last year that I didn't even know existed is um, 30 Days of Bike in Rome. So it's all about Italy. So the first for the first time this year, I saw their video from last year and it was filled with people speaking in Italian, talking about their rides. And I was like, whoa, that's great. So yeah, it's, it's, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time with this. And yeah. it's like my mind can't process it. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Just it's got to be going. really rewarding. I mean, it's got to feel like, you know, I built this. Yeah. 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 Do you ever find, uh, do you ever think at some point that this will grow beyond you? Um, I want it to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might, I might get to a point where I'm like, I've kind of like done what I can with this and mm -hmm. I would want to pass it on to a cycling organization or someone mm -hmm. who can keep the work going and make yeah. sure that we, I want to make sure that they would keep the positive tone and mm -hmm. like not go against what we're all about. But I might get to a point where it's like that. And I was kind of inspired. Um, the guy who created the Almanzo event, mm -hmm. his name is escaping. Chris my brain. Kogan. Chris Kogan. Yeah. Yep. He had talked about the, this idea that the Almanzo might be going on still a hundred years from now. Just people just start doing it. They pick that certain weekend yep. and they bike the Almanzo course. And I hope that April is now, just 30 days of biking month in people's minds. And regardless of whether I organize or post on social media mm -hmm. or maybe Facebook blows up someday, but April will still be the month when people think of 30 days of biking. Yeah. I hope so. You know, there's yeah. a guy, I read an article uh, completely off topic. There's a guy I read about, I think he's in North Dakota and he has like done this whole thing where he'll proclaim a day or a month or a week X month, mm -hmm. right? You pay like 1500 bucks and you can say officially, yeah. you know, this is 30 days of biking month. Yeah. So look into that. Oh, that actually, oh yeah, I want to. Like, yeah. how do you, is that like a worldwide proclamation? Yeah. What? I mean, it comes from North Dakota, so who knows how valuable that is. But, yeah. you know, you get to say, hey, you know, it's kind of like it's chocolate chip cookie day or it's 30 days of biking month. Yeah, that actually brings up another moment that I could think of. Uh, yeah. Back in 2015, uh, the cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis actually on this day, four years ago proclaimed that April was 30 days of biking month and wow. love bridges in our honor. And that's cool. I got to speak at city hall and I was so nervous. Wow. It was like amazing. Yeah. So yeah, we've had that. <laughs> well, and, and so you were telling me a little bit off air that you, your influence at city hall continues, right? Oh yeah. Should we announce I it? I think you should. I just found out today that the mayor is going to speak at our party next Sunday on March 31st. That's cool. And May mayor of uh, Mayor Fry. Mayor Fry. Yes. Yeah. Minneapolis. That's great. Yeah. Melvin Carter, the all invitation is also extended to you. <laughs> I would love, that would be amazing if like both cities came together at our party. That would be really fun. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's sort of been an offshoot of uh, 30 days of biking, the joyful riders club. Mm -hmm. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and how that got started. Started. Sure. So Mario Macaruso, the guy mm -hmm. I work with on rides, um, he and I would do rides every single April, every week in April. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, the riders were like, that's it. You're not going to keep doing rides with mm. it. Like, 
And Mario and I would be like, we're tired. That's, that's <laughs> a lot go, of go organizing. Ride yeah, like we're done. Like that's a lot of work to organize these rides. Yeah. And at a certain point, we realized that it was worth it to keep rides going and have a cohesive community that we we just kept people riding. So we were like, all right, one ride a month is good. Like mm -hmm. we can handle that. Yep. And that was three years ago now. So we meet once a month on the second Thursday of the month at Surly Brewing at mm -hmm. 6 p.m. It's always focused around Surly Brewing. That's kind of like our home base or headquarters. Mm -hmm. They really nice like, central location. Yeah, it's such a great brewery, and they they've really beer. thrown in yep. and supported us, and like they're just awesome. Mm -hmm. um, they've been partners with us on World Bicycle Relief fundraising, and um, this year, if you come to every ride that we do in April on Thursday, you get a free pair of socks, courtesy cool. of Surly Brewing. Um, so yeah, the second Thursday of every month, always, and um, we're always at Surly. We're always going to ride bikes, <laughs> and we do that even through the winter. And so what, is it, what does it take to be, quote unquote, a member of the club? Just show up for the rides? Just show up for the ride. Very we don't cool. have a membership fee or anything like that. You don't have to have a certificate. I think maybe someday we will. Just like, if you want to, pay your dues and you'll get a, <laughs> you'll get a special certificate you can put on your wall. But right now we keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, are there other benefits to being part of the club or just the camaraderie and the, you know, getting to know people and yeah, going on rides and stuff? Yeah, I've, I, People have told me about difficult experiences they've had in their lives and they think of the Joyful Riders Club as a focal point of their month where they can mm -hmm. kind of, you know, come together and they know that there's friendship and good vibes there where they're not judged and they're welcome. And it's a it's a good highlight in all of our months, I think, um, whether you have difficulty with your family or something bad happened. like. Yep you know that you can count on those good vibes on the second Thursday of April. Is there or any month? Is there one story or a couple of stories that sort of encapsulate what this has become for you? I mean, the stories that people have told you about the impact of 30 days of biking. I honestly, like a lot of them are so personal that I don't even think I should share them what people share, but yeah. I'll just keep it at like, it's a really meaningful if people, uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure how to describe it. Let's say something bad happens. Yep. And someone is scared to leave their house as a result of that incident. Hmm. But we get them out um, riding their bike just because of sheer predictability. Like yep. we're always there. Yep. They can count on that. Mm -hmm. And I've had someone tell me that. A wow. couple people, diff different people tell me that. Wow. Um, that That's a profound impact. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Like it's a meaningful thing that we're building. And honestly, like a part of me when we do these rides, I'm like, this is kind of silly. Like we just get together and we ride our bikes, but it's important to people. And yeah. it requires very little organization at this point. We just, we have the destination. We have the, the place where we meet. We have the time mm -hmm. beyond that. We just ride our bikes and come back for a drink. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's really interesting because on the one hand, it's all about the bike. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it seems like it's not at all about the bike. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Yeah. People are really like alone right now. Mm -hmm. um, and we provide connection, I think, and support yeah. and encouragement. And yeah, I can even feel it like, you know, these, this winter where you're like, just how much time have I spent looking at my phone this winter <laughs> or just sitting on a couch and watching television? Seriously. That I, I, I mean, I love, I love the shows that are out there right now. Like yeah. the new Star Trek show is great. <laughs> um, plug. I'm not, <laughs> I really like it. Watch it. Um, but yeah, we just provide that connection and community and support for each other. And I think we all really need that right now in these troubled times. It's mm -hmm. it's kind of a messed up world out there right now. Yeah. And yeah, I think the more we realize that, hey, there's good people all around you who will support you. And yes, there's this other stuff that's going on that's awful. But within our own little pockets of family and community, we can make something good for ourselves. Yeah. Then. Yeah. It's profound. Very cool. How can people learn more? 
Uh, go to 30daysofbiking.com or find us on Facebook. And it's the number 30, right? The number 30. Excellent. Or on Twitter. Click on the hashtag 30 Days of Biking and you'll see everyone's stories of everyone who's participating um, and really get in the flow of the event and see everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And what are, what are your next events? The kickoff party is March 31st at Red Stag Supper Club from 12 to 4. Mm-hmm. Get there by 2 because we're going to have a raffle at 2, and that's when the mayor is going to speak to okay. Mayor Fry. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, there was one other critical question I had for you, but now it's totally blanking. I mean, oh, and Joyful Riders Club, how do people learn more about what you're doing there? Um, again, we're on Facebook, so just go to Facebook and search for Joyful Riders Club, and you'll find our Facebook events. And again, we're going to be at Surly every Thursday in April at 6 p.m. Fantastic. Just find us there. We're going to be there. Patrick, yeah. this has been so much fun. Yeah. Thank thanks you for so much me. for coming. Yeah. Thanks for Facebook living too. How many, uh, how many people are watching? Four. Four. <laughs> we are worldwide. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. White. You say bar, I say bite, you say shark, I say him and George was never my scene and I don't like Star Wars. You say Rose, I say Royce, you say God, give me a choice. Say Lord, I say Christ, I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein or Superman. Jesus, I don't want to be a candidate for me.